Hey, it's your producer Varya here. Jasmine and I were talking about this month's bonus episode and we thought it's not too often that we see marketing and sales executives together on a podcast. So this month we invited our own, our chief marketing officer and chief revenue officer to join us on the show. Hi, I'm Susan Bierman. I am the chief marketing officer at Content Stack. Todd Rathjig, I'm the chief revenue officer at Content Stack. Susan and Todd will give an insider's view into how marketing and sales really actually can get along. And spoiler alert, it starts at the top. Whether you've recently joined the C-suite or you're looking to get there soon, Susan and Todd will share communication and mindset lessons that will make your path easier. Welcome to People Changing Enterprises. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Susan Bierman and Todd Rathje from Content Stack. Can you tell us about how you got to where you are today? I didn't study marketing in school. I have a degree in economics and I ended up starting my career in sales for about 10 years. And I made a decision to switch to marketing. And so I convinced Microsoft to hire me in their hyper growth days in a marketing role. It was my MBA in marketing, I call it. So I was exposed to a lot of different types of marketing and different areas of marketing. And then from there went on to just, you know, continue to build upon that working up the chain. This is my third CMO gig. So I love it. And, um, you know, this is where I always wanted to get to. I'm very happy to have had the luck and the opportunities to get here. Mm -hmm. Whether it would be the CRO or the, you know, the vice president of sales, it's always what I wanted to be. And like Susan, I also had an economics background. I was at a company called MCI, competitor to AT&T. And I did something a little bit crazy and entrepreneurial. I started a, a web development company in 1997 and just found ourselves getting acquired and rolled up into a large entity and got really involved with e-commerce. So I quickly gravitated towards systems into MarTech, early MarTech. And I've been in pretty much in MarTech ever since. I think the question on how do you get to a, a C-suite, I don't think it's a, a lot different than an opportunity in business. I think you got to have a champion. It starts with somebody who believes in you and they give you an opportunity. It's about people and it's about people that believe in you. Susan, you recently said in an interview if you want to get to the C-level, you have to hang with the C-suite. And for that, you have to be first and foremost a business person, which both of you are with your background in economics. Can you explain a little more about what you mean by that? At the end of the day, at the C-level, you may have a functional expertise and responsibility, in my case, marketing, and Todd's case, it's sales and services. But at the end of the day, we're also stewards of the, the business. And so to be able to understand what's important to our investors and what's important to our CEO and our CFO, you need to understand the financials. You need to understand the market. You need to understand the competition. You need to understand who our customers are. So yes, marketing plays a role in that, but to be able to put it in terms, not in marketing terms, I can geek out on marketing terms all day long, but that's probably not going to resonate with the CFO or the CEO. So it's important to talk about it in the terms of how it's driving the business, how it's making us more competitive versus like, I'm going to do these campaigns. Oh, absolutely. That is almost a little 
a translation exercise of the campaigns are what you're doing, but translating that into something that is meaningful for the CEO and the CFO, which usually involves a lot of numbers. It does. And, you know, for me, I have a horrible brain for remembering numbers. It's my Achilles heel. Now I understand the numbers, but if you like put me on the spot and say, you know, ask me to draw a number out of the air, I will struggle with that. And I think that one of the things that I've grappled with is sometimes people think I don't get the numbers, but I do. I just don't have a memory to just recite them easily. It's something that I constantly have to work on and have my cheat sheets up already. Because as Todd will attest to, I'm looking at the numbers all the time and, and they're critically important. Well, that's what I'm here for, Susan, is I can recite the numbers. <laughs> you know, that's part of the job. And I, I think there's a couple points to that. Number one is that a strong C-suite leadership team has a combination of complementary capabilities and superpowers. Things I think you have to, everybody has a superpower. And we all bring different superpowers to the table. And I think I also I totally agree with what Susan said about you've got to have a command and a grasp of the market. What's happening? Where's it going? But I also think that there's a second thing where that's the outside. The inside is that as a leader, you've got to be selfless and you've got to be accountable. Because you quickly realize that in the C-level position, there is no them. It's just us. It's the team of people that you're working with that have complementary capabilities and really, you know, one common goal. We get a lot of questions from people who are in other enterprises or companies where marketing and sales are really traditionally warring factions. Right. Each side thinks the other side is slacking or being too demanding. And then, of course, that trickles down into all other parts of the organization. Can each of you talk to our listeners about creating great cross-departmental relationships? How did you two create the relationship that you have today? I just joined the company about four months ago. And during the courtship, <laughs> Between myself and the company, Todd and I got to know each other pretty well. We met several times. And that courtship started with how we both felt strongly about sales and marketing alignment and how we're one team with one common goal. So we started that relationship before we even officially started working together. And we've maintained that as well. And that's not to say that sometimes we don't disagree. We had a little bit of a terse email interaction last week and... So we picked up the phone, we talked to each other, we, and it was one of those things where we were just not communicating well via email and then we needed to get on the phone. And we, so conflicts do arise for sure. And so it's just a matter of don't ignore it, get on the phone, have a conversation and resolve it and move on. And so I think that we're also trying to really get our teams to have the same mentality. If they see us getting along, I think that does trickle down. It's the, it, we're exhibiting the behavior hopefully that we, we want our teams to be exhibiting across the organization. I just think it starts with just connecting on what are your beliefs, right? I think that you've got to get to know people at a much different level in a C-level role. You've got to find a way to act like you've known them for 15 years and you've only really known them for 15 minutes. And to do that, I think you cut to the chase and understand their beliefs, understand the things that are really important to them. Honestly, between Susan and I, our first conversations, a lot of it had nothing to do with content stack. 
And what I took away, I saw firsthand how important it was for her to develop her team, how important it was to recognize and provide guidance to develop people as something I believe in as a servant leader. Other things, it's not just the character, but it's also just like, how do you wish to work, right? How do you like to solve problems? How do you like to make decisions? And I think understanding that it really gave me a lot of confidence that we are like-minded. We bring different skill sets to the table. We can solve problems together in a way that, you know, whether it's a terse email or it's a really juicy topic, but I just think a lot of it is breaking it down to some really basic things. If the beliefs are similar and the accountability is pretty clear, I think you've got a pretty strong recipe to get started. Yeah. I also think that, you know, we're in a very competitive market. It's a competitive world. I want to spend my energies fighting the competition, not fighting internally. That's just not how I want to spend my day. Yeah. And I've got something similar. It just can't suck, right? I mean, it just can't. It's just, it's got to be fun. You got to make it fun. Can't be something difficult because who wants that, right? Life is too short. Life is too short for that kind of struggle. But now I'm sure you've both been in situations that weren't ideal. What would your advice be for someone who finds themselves with a counterpart, but that mutual agreement isn't in place? You have to do not be afraid to approach somebody that there's a disconnect. We have a disconnect. Something, whatever it is, isn't working. So let's call it out and put that front and center on the table. How do you want to solve this? Let's solve it together or try to solve it together before we go elsewhere and have other people weigh in and solve it because that's when things get fractured. So I think my coaching would be, Don't be afraid to go solve it, okay, and try to figure out how was the best way to solve it, okay? It could be, you know, sometimes people I've seen, you take written, you know, share with me, I'll share with you, we'll write it down, we'll compare notes. I've seen other situations where people get away from the work setting and connect in a different place under different terms, and that works as well. But my point is, I think you got to put the issue on the table. Yeah, I, I would echo that. My younger self would avoid conflict. If I was not meshing with someone, I would just avoid them. And that, you know, whatever the small issue was, that would become a bigger issue. And so I've learned to just be braver and force myself to lean into the conflict and try to connect and understand instead of finger pointing on, you know, different personalities. I think the other thing to, to really understand, and I've learned a lot of this over the years is we all have different personality traits. If you've taken any of these personality tests, you'll realize that some people like myself, I'm very direct and I think quick and I make quick decisions and other people, they need to absorb and they need to think, they need to digest before they can respond and have a path forward. And so if you can understand that you know, if I'm driving too hard with somebody who needs more time to think and process, I've learned to back off and give that person the space. So I think that's part of the equation too. It's so important to understand the type of person that's in front of you for how is the best measure to engage. It's a really good point that when you are trying to solve problems, whether it's in the C-suite or with others, to take the time to understand the type of person you're working with. And if you do that, it may take you more time, but you probably have a higher percentage of solving that problem. 
that's right. Sometimes I love this expression. You need to slow down to speed up. And that's something I've learned about myself. It's like I move fast and I sometimes leave people in the dust. So I, I need to slow down and bring people along because whenever I don't, trust me, it slows me down big time. And I've got to go back eight steps and start all over again. At our company, we've got this thing called the Be a Goldfish, which is a Ted Lasso sign. And it's basically you can't harbor, you can't hold grudges. A goldfish has a memory. I don't know what Susan the number is, but it's like five seconds, right? And I just think, but that really helps in business. It really helps in business is that you may feel disconnected. You may be frustrated, but you've got to come back the next day like a goldfish. When you're in a C-level role, you can't continue to, to go into meetings with preconceived notions or, or areas of disconnect. What happened yesterday is was yesterday. Today is today. Tomorrow's tomorrow. And I think it's a really important trait for anybody in that C-suite. Thanks for listening to People Changing Enterprises. This show is brought to you by ContentStack, the leading composable digital experience platform for enterprises. Got a question or suggestion? Email us at podcast at contentstack.com. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode helping you make your mark.